1: When we acknowledge that either through misinformation, misdirection, the history of our species has been either hidden from us through stupidity or you know whatever it is, can you say that this is some level of spiritual warfare?
0: Well, I, I have to consider that possibility um, because of my other interests, which are my interests in shamanism and uh, an altered states of, of consciousness. Uh, which have, have convinced me that reality is much more complicated than, you know, our five senses might lead us to believe, uh, that we are immersed in an invisible reality, and that reality has an impact and an influence upon us, whether we like it or not. This is the whole essence of, of shamanism, the the notion of a spirit world. Uh, which which influences and impacts uh, the human race and and shamans are those amongst us who seek to be proactive about this and to and to enter into the realm of spirits and negotiate with spirits on their own on their own terms and and just as there is good and evil. In the material realm, in the physical world, that you know you and I live our daily lives in, um, the the whole framework of shamanism will also tell you that there is good and evil in the in the spiritual realm uh, and that uh, that there are dark and negative entities out there uh, whose sole purpose is to delude and mislead the human race and moving away from from shamanism, if you go back to the ancient system called Gnosticism, Uh, you will find that the same idea prevails there. Now, the Gnosticism was stamped out by the Christian church in the early centuries of the Christian era. Horrendous persecutions were unleashed upon those who called themselves Gnostics, who believed in a revealed knowledge that that came through visionary experience. The Gnostics absolutely made use of psychedelic mushrooms in their investigations of the nature of, of reality. But Enough of the Gnostic material has survived, thanks largely to a library of Gnostic texts. In fact, they're referred to, you can buy buy the Gnostic texts on Amazon. It's called the Nag Hammadi Library, edited by James M. M. Robinson. The the Nag Hammadi texts, uh, at the time of the persecution of the Gnostics, a group of Gnostics who lived in southern Egypt near the temple of Dendera, Uh, took the decision to bury an entire library of their texts in uh, pottery jars uh, in the sand. And they remained hidden there from the fourth century uh, A.D., until 1945, when they were found by chance, and they've since since been translated, and I would urge anybody who's interested in the mysteries of existence to go and get the Nag Hammadi Library, James M. M. Robinson edition, the full translation of the Gnostic text, and it's an utter revelation. They turn everything upside down. I mean, from the Gnostic point of view, we have been deluded for the last Two thousand years, the entity that we have been taught to worship as as God—Christians, uh, uh, Muslims, Jews—the the God of Abraham—we all supposedly are, are taught to worship the same entity. We may call him different names. From the Gnostic point of view, this entity, this creature, is not a god at all. Uh, he, he's a he's a demon. He's the 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 he's a pretender, he's an imposter. He's persuaded us to believe that he is God and to worship him. He's got a huge overblown ego. He's extremely jealous. He persuades human beings constantly to harm and hurt one another. His whole purpose is to keep us in darkness and prevent us from realizing the divine spark within us. So, you know, this is a a profoundly revolutionary system of ideas, and you can understand why the the Christians, uh, particularly in the form of the Roman Catholic Church, were so vigorous in their persecution of the Gnostics uh, and, and, and sought to stamp them out, because once you really start to think about Gnostic ideas, because what the Gnostics are saying, don't look at what these guys say, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, they all talk the talk of peace and love. But look at what they do. Look at what they actually do. Look at the burnings at the stake. Looking at Look at the stoning to death of, of women. Look at the, the behavior that is encouraged. Look at the division, the hatred, the fear, the suspicion that multiplies around the world connected to these three religions. And you might begin to wonder whether the Gnostics aren't in fact right and whether we've been misled by some demonic force for the last 2,000 years that has cleverly, more than 2,000 years, this is the God of Abraham we're talking about here, that has cleverly convinced us that it is God when in fact it's a, it's a demon. And how more effectively could a demon operate than, than that? And this is not me saying this. This is the whole essence of Gnosticism and of the revelation of Gnosticism. And it's really worth looking into. Now, I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong. I leave that up to, to others to decide, each of us in our own way, looking at the story of the world. But uh, the notion that there might be dark spiritual forces at work, the, the Gnostics envisage evil angels that they call archons, which mingle amongst men and mislead us into all manner of crimes and actions that are hostile to the nature of the soul. They even look like human beings. Uh, they might be some of our politicians, actually. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, uh, it, it's a framework of analysis of the human condition that certainly is worth considering and taking seriously, given the state of the
1: world that we find ourselves in today. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Mr. Hancock, truly an honor to speak with you. But I mean, what do you feel a shift in our, in consciousness or this paradigm within a culture that's obsessed with materialism, television, drunkenness? What would a shift in consciousness look like? How, how can we recognize that this is occurring?
0: Often, when you're in the middle of something, it's difficult to see it. But I would say we are in the middle of a shift in consciousness right now. Uh, I think it's happening all around the world. The old paradigm, of which the historical paradigm is a part, is still very powerful, um, but it isn't any longer. It doesn't any longer have a monopoly. Uh, there is such a spread of information now. The 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 internet has had un, unforeseen c- consequences. Uh, people are able to communicate with one another directly without going through the the medium of the big uh, media you know we, we can be in direct contact with one another. We can form communities of ideas uh, in increasingly notions that we are we are taught to honor and revere, such as patriotism, uh, seem to become absurd. Patriotism is indeed the last refuge of the scoundrel. After all, why should we feel especially loyal uh, to a fellow human being just because they happen to be born under the same bloody government or on the same piece of land as us? What's so special about that? An accident of birth. Why should we why should we pin our loyalty on that? Why, why Why are we not willing to recognize that we are all members of the human family, that we owe that patriotic loyalty to the whole human race, not to just a tiny segmented, you know, sectored part of it? Uh, this, this idea is coming with the internet because communities of ideas are forming around the world, regardless of the color of your skin or the religion into which you were born or the political system into which by accident you were born or the land on which by accident you were born. The old paradigm says those things are really important. The new paradigm says what's important is the ideas we share and our common and our shared humanity, that we are actually all brothers and sisters, and that we will not be divided by these, these malicious, malign notions that limit our humanity and that limit the capacity of love. So the old paradigm operates on fear. It seeks to make people fearful and suspicious of one another. Uh, uh, And and it uses knee-jerk mechanisms like patriotism or this is your religion. Why should anybody actually accept a religion just because they happen to be born into it? You know, if there is a God, he gave us a brain. Why don't we use it? You know, why do we just say our parents told us that something is so? and we just have to we just accept that as though it's so we don't ask any questions about it i think the new paradigm is asking a lot of questions and people are all around the world developing a new kind of spirituality which is much more individualistic uh, but at the same time respects and honors the spirituality of others so i think we are in the middle of a dramatic shift in consciousness uh, and i think 2 300 years from now when historians look back on this epoch that we are privilege to live through, they will realize that it was a moment of incredible importance in the story of the human race. It's not certain what the outcome is going to be. The old negative forces are still very powerful, but the light is growing amongst humanity, and we are waking up all around the world, and we are refusing to put up with that bullshit any longer that has been stuffed into our ears and and down our throats for centuries. The internet's playing a huge role in this, and psychedelics are also playing a huge role in it and that's why psychedelics are illegal I mean psychedelics are really not Dangerous. They can be misused, of course, and I'm, I'm not advocating the, the irresponsible use of psychedelics. But, but by comparison with pharmaceutical drugs, the number of deaths caused by psychedelics is tiny, minuscule, almost unmeasurable. Uh, you know, whereas the the, the antidepressants uh, and 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 indeed uh, acetaminophen, you know, pa- painkiller k- kills thousands of people every every year. Even in tiny Britain, three thousand people a year are killed by acetaminophen. That's not illegal, you know, but but the alcohol glorified by our society widely available, advertised, promoted, kills thousands of people every year, not just cirrhosis of the liver, but considered the road accidents. So the arguments that, you know, we are being protected from ourselves by our governments who tell us that we may not take psychedelics, and that if they do, uh, they will send us to prison and ruin our lives, is, is, is an absurd, hypocritical argument. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy argument. The real reason that psychedelics are, are so demonized in Western society is because somebody... Up there in the power structures know that these ancient natural allies of humanity lead us to ask deep searching questions about the kind of society we live in. And the controlling powers, the dominator powers that run our societies, do not want us asking questions about anything. They don't want us asking questions about the nature of reality. They don't want us asking questions about spirituality. They don't want us asking questions about materialism. They just want us to go on mindlessly, like robots, uncomplaining robots, producing and consuming, producing and consuming, feeding the machine instead of realizing our humanity and that's what's that's what's changing that's where the great hope lies in the future and it's up to us the choice the choice is ours we actually don't have to put up with that shit any longer you know we can make change but it takes it takes courage and it and 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 um and it takes a
1: sharing of information love it man love it uh we are we're running out of time here, Mr. Hancock. but I have one more question for you uh if and you answered a bunch of my questions, I'm just scrolling through all of them I would love it um if you could go back twenty years and tell your younger self one thing, what would it be um
0: don't be afraid you know don't be don't be afraid don't let don't let fear govern. Your decisions. That would be that would be one important thing. And and another important thing is to remember that love is the opposite of fear. And that that's that is what we're really here to do. We're here to to give and to share love. And 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 that means considering the needs of other people and and considering them carefully. Not being totally out for oneself, but but looking to be a nurturing and and positive influence on on others in our immediate circle um i i think these are the most important messages send away fear and manifest love and and the world will become a better place
1: mr hancock sir thank you so much for being here where can people find your work your book pre-order it where can they get that
0: Amazon. Uh, so, well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 up for the new book is up for pre-order on Amazon.com and Amazon UK. But um, the access, the quickest access to that is through my website, which is grahamhancock.com. Uh, and then I'm also uh, so go to that and you'll see immediately a link to the to some information about the new book, Magicians of the Gods. But I'm also quite active on on Facebook. I find I find Facebook a very um, Important and effective means to communicate with like minded individuals. I have two Facebook pages. I have a personal page which has got 5,000 friends and about 30,000 followers, but my author page is really the most effective and that's got, I don't know, 222,000 followers. That's how, likes, that's how to recognize it. It's great. I can't remember how it is, but actually there's a link to it on the front page of my website. And um, I I actually post the same information on both my Facebook pages and I communicate quite actively on those pages and I've, I've found it a very positive very positive and, and, and
1: effective uh, way to share ideas. We will make sure that people get to your book and your Facebook page, sir. Uh, any, any final comments here? Any last bit of information? we got a few minutes. Well, I,
0: I think I just think the most important thing is to, you know, is to keep an open mind. It's a very mysterious matter to be alive at all. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're taught to just like take it for granted. Like but again, this is when I speak of materialism, I'm not only speaking of the economic side that teaches us to produce and consume and seeks to persuade us that that's all there is to life. There's a much deeper aspect of materialism, and this is the notion that there is nothing more to reality than the material realm. You know, if you can't weigh it, measure it, and touch it, then it doesn't exist. This is is the idea. Many, you know, really intelligent scientists are absolutely committed to the notion of materialism. Such scientists, for for example, Richard Dawkins, the author of the book called The God Delusion, and also the book called The Selfish Gene. um, Dawkins will tell you straight-faced that there is no such thing as life after death. Uh, and, And many people are inclined to believe him. They think, oh, God, well, he's a highly qualified scientist so he, he must know about these things. He must be right. But actually, what does he know? You know, has he died? And... <laughs> Conducted experiments and then come back. No, he hasn't. This is not a fact. This is not a scientific fact that there's no life after death. This is a this is a reference frame. It's a it's it, it's actually a religious belief because it's not based on any evidence whatsoever. Um, and 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 you know many scientists will tell you there's no such thing as spirit. The horrible idea of materialist science is that consciousness is what they call an epiphenomenon. Of brain activity, that consciousness is a kind of accident. We have these big brains. They've evolved uh, to enable us to survive in the jungle of human competition. And as an accidental byproduct of that, we've got this thing called consciousness. And again, it's important to be clear that is not a fact. Consciousness is the greatest mystery of science. We don't know. We know that there's a connection between consciousness and the brain, but the exact nature of the connection between consciousness and the brain is not at all. All clear, and it may be that the ancients were right but, that that consciousness is fundamental to the universe, and that it is essentially non-physical in character, but that in our realm, at our level of existence, consciousness manifests. In physical entities, so so the, the in a sense the relationship of the consciousness to the brain is more like the relationship of the you know the TV signal to the TV set um, that, that, that you can destroy the TV set but the TV signal is still is still there. Uh, this uh, I think this notion that consciousness is primary and that the realm of matter comes second that we are spirits, we are souls having a human experience, which is a very ancient idea. I think that idea is going to turn out to be correct, and the modern scientific idea that matter is everything uh, and that consciousness is just an accidental byproduct of matter will turn out to be very foolish and uh, and, and wrong, and again, I think people all around the world are, are waking up to this as well. It's an incredible gift to be born in a human body, to have the experiences that we can have as human beings, and I think that this world, I've described it so often as a, as, as a theatre, of experience. It's a place where we come to learn and to grow and to develop. And, and anything that doesn't serve that process and the whole structure of Western society right now does not serve that process uh, is, uh, is is dangerous and, and, and wrong. We, we We need to understand that we've been given an incredible opportunity to live in a human body and to make the choices, the fine choices between right and wrong, between good and evil that all of us have to make every day, sometimes at very small levels, sometimes at very high levels, and that we're here to learn from making those choices and that we are the product of our choices. Let's not allow ourselves to be deluded into the belief that we are just an accidental combination of molecules and that's all there is to us. Yes, our bodies are a combination of molecules, but the consciousness that's embedded in those bodies is the greatest mystery of science and it's never been explained.
1: Mr. Hancock, it's truly a pleasure pleasure to know you, sir. Thank you so much for being here. This is The Human Experience. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week.